Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be back today. We have an amazing topic again for you today. Um, last week, we spoke about wellness just in general as an, an overview. And today, we want to dive a little bit deeper into wellness. So we want to focus on mental well-being as part of this topic of overall well-being. And I think people have this perception that, you know, working on our mental health is only for people that have maybe mental disorders or are mentally ill. But I think we can all benefit and it will serve our lives so much if we all take time to, you know, spend on our mental health and mental well-being. And hopefully after this episode today, you would also see why it's so important and how it could benefit our lives at the end. So before we go further, let me just um, say hi to Kerry. Hope you are well, Kerry. Hi, Norma. Hi, everyone. Yes, I'm doing very well. I am in a state of well-being, I believe, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear. So relevant for our topic today. So let me start today by giving you the definition of the World Health Organization's um, definition of mental health. It says that it is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes their abilities. They can cope with normal stresses of life. They can work productively and fruitfully, and they can contribute to their community. So I think we can use this as the like a, a fundamental or a basis for what we want to talk about today. Not necessarily about mental health, but mental well-being. And this mental well-being being part of having that overall well-being in our lives. So, so Kerry, maybe you can start with telling us uh, what you think mental well-being is, seeing that you're in such a mental well <laughs> state. Yeah, I think for me, when I think about mental well-being, it, first of all, I have to even notice and be aware of the fact that there are these different aspects to my to my health and to my well-being and be able to look at each area, not just as a whole, but in individually. And I heard one time, I think it was a pastor who said that um, balance, it's the hardest thing to find in our lives. And I thought that understanding that sometimes physically there's an aspect or maybe emotionally there's an aspect of our lives or in our community, there's an aspect there that is out of balance or not quite how we would want it to be. And we will then take that and it becomes a much bigger situation in our mind. We start thinking that we're not well and that everything has gone wrong and that the whole world is falling apart and, and that sort of thing. And so just really being able to notice these different aspects of our well-being and even be able to do a little checklist where we can go, well, physically, I'm fine, I'm well, and things are, you know, pretty good. And then you can kind of say things at work are going fine. And just kind of notice then, oh, okay, 
actually what I'm struggling with right now is some of the thoughts that I am thinking today that are creating this for me and, and really being able to, to zoom in on that, to be able to start to see the difference between just what's actually happening in my own mind and paying attention to that and not shoving it sort of under a rug or deciding that my whole life is falling apart. Those are, I think, big aspects to really managing our mental well-being. So Norma, as we've, you know, maybe discussed already that everything sort of seems to be connected in in some way. And, and so Mm -hmm. I just wondered, how do you see your mental well-being affecting other aspects of your overall well-being and state? I think mental well-being is really, I think the one that really affects, although they're so interconnected, I think mental well-being is can make such a change in all other areas of life. Because if we think if we have good mental wellness, if we mentally in a in a good place, then it's sort of all of all the other areas in our life works. I mean, think of ourselves if we are in a place where we are in a good mood, for instance, then our problems doesn't seem that great. And we can overcome, it feels like we can overcome any obstacle. And I think to be in a, in a place where we will is, and as you've alluded to that, is to become aware of our, our thoughts and our beliefs, really, because that's the starting place where all of our problems normally start. So I think having awareness and if we can like pinpoint those thoughts and, and beliefs that is sort of getting us into trouble, because what we think really, it, it becomes our reality. So if we know that the way we think and the, the way that we see ourselves in the world and maybe our past and our future, if we are cognizant of the fact that a lot of our thoughts is is unintentional, we can also like deliberately think certain things. So if we know there's an area of life that we struggle with, then I think the first thing that we can do, and, and it's so empowering to even think about it, is that any area that we think, quote unquote, seems to be a problem, that we can always rely on our thinking and the way we believe it and the way that we see it to actually change that certain area. And I know that I can change that because of the fact that I can actually have intentional thoughts. I know that there is a solution and maybe not that easy um, because it does take intention and it does take some practice. But if we can start with you know, mentally with what we think, what we believe that I believe we can, we can really solve a lot of our problems. You brought up something about how we think about our past. And sometimes we think that we've experienced something in our past that leaves us not complete or whole in some way. And just realizing that through our minds and through the process of thinking about those things and really looking at them, we can find peace now and we can make peace really with what's happened in the past by a a mental state that is willing to look at and explore different things that were happening at the time, understanding maybe and kind of reviewing in our minds what was happening for the other people at that time or what was happening for us at that time. And we can reshape really how we think about our past 
when we use our mind and are practicing and desiring a well-being, we can use our thoughts to accept some of the things that have happened up until now as a part of our own development, our story, our growth, and let go of some of the feelings of, of anger or resentment or shame. And so I think mental wellness can be achieved for now and Really, it helps us to be able to heal some of our past and our mental well-being also will shape our future. And so it's it's important to be noticing what, what we're thinking and then challenge yourself with, is this a thought that I want to keep thinking or is there something I'd rather think that might be more beneficial for myself and better for those even around me so that I can really be representing who who I am inside, you know, spiritually, I guess. <laughs> they all touch. <laughs> what do you think people that have good mental wellness, how are they different to people that maybe don't? I think being present with your own thoughts is really powerful. It tells us about where we're at in our own lives and where maybe we want growth and where we need help. And I think you know, we can enter that in a, in a spiritual way through prayer, but also with our intellect, just to kind of evaluate what's happening for us mentally. It's, I think it's important. How do you help someone listening and, you know, thinking to themselves, you know what, I, I can see the value in, in spending time on my mental wellness. How can life coaching and the work you do, how can that help people that want to improve in this area of mental wellness for themselves? I think just becoming aware that they have a choice what they think. As soon as you realize that, as soon as you realize that you're, first of all, having thoughts, there's multiple thoughts going on all at the same time, and that you get to choose all of them, I think that's that's a great place to start. I thought every thought my brain thought was one that I had to believe. And I always assumed that everybody else was thinking all the same thoughts too, and that there was this one right way that we all think or that we should think. And so I've come to know now that there's a difference between what my brain wants to offer me as a thought and then what my mind, which really is my, my heart, my spirit, has an option to think about the thought. And, and this is the piece that we talked about before where we are made in the image of God. And this is the aspect of a human being that doesn't exist in another animal, this ability to really separate ourselves, our spiritual being, let's say, and our awareness from the activity of our brain. Our brain has a function and it's doing a good job Usually, you know, it's offering lots of thoughts and lots of ideas and lots of warnings about why this is bad or dangerous or, but, but we have a mind, we, we are made in a way that we have this intellect and this spirit that then we can look at the, the thoughts and choose them selectively. I think it's fantastic, but it, it takes that awareness to know that that's what's happening. So I think for what you mentioned just now and working on uh, our mental well-being is we're obviously going to be touching on those mm -hmm. aspects of self as well. 
And I think if we get to know ourselves a little bit better, we take the time to sit down and just think and just be aware of, as you mentioned, the thoughts that we're thinking, what we're believing about ourselves, what we believe is possible for us as in the future. And just challenging those thoughts that maybe might not be serving us and coming up with new ones. I think that is also in itself such a powerful exercise and that can help us in our mental well-being moving forward. If we can have those tools to sort of distinguish and to realize that, you know, what is the the stuff, as you mentioned, that our brain just offers us that we just like believe, that we never question, that we never challenge. And if we have the tools, and I think that's why coaching is also so valuable because you sit down, you your coach maybe points out those things that you don't see. So mm-hmm. you become aware of those those thoughts and beliefs that is getting in the way of you getting to that that well-being state that you envision for yourself. And I think once you've realized that, then I think move forward and use those tools and then start implementing all those wins in, in other areas as well. Somebody said one time, if you're trying to think of a new idea or you wanted to come up with something, you know, creative or different, if if you write down, let's say, 10 ideas for a problem solving situation or whatever, you know, usually we come up with one idea and we think that's the idea. That's the best idea. It's the most obvious idea. But what it really is, is it's the first idea that your brain came up with. And so she said, if you write down 10 and then throw them all away and then with number 11 number 12 number 13 it's like now we're getting into something really interesting and creative and something you know maybe closer to where you really want to be mm-hmm. and that's and that's where I was really able to see my brain as this amazing machine that will do what I ask it to and that it has so much potential and if so much potential that I could throw away the first 10 ideas as just kind of garbage thoughts almost, you know what I mean? They're okay, mm-hmm. but they're maybe not, maybe they're not the best. I thought they were the only ones. I thought I only had one or two really good options here. And now I'm realizing that your brain, if I send it in the direction that I want it to go, I'll say, you know, there's this really good idea or there's this really good um, option out there. I just don't know what it is. I can kind of send my brain on that mission. It comes to where I am now in control, right, of my brain. And I do think that is my responsibility rather than I think how I used to live was it was just kind of freewheeling a little bit. And and so really using it for, for some of its potential, I think. And I mean, that really only just scratches the surface, but it's so important, I think, to know that about your brain and to know that about you as a conscious being that you're separate you're not just all one thing and it's actually your brain is a is a tool for you to use and it's it's so true what you're saying and it it makes me think of you know the time and attention and the effort and the intention that we need to come up with these things because we don't not many people spend that time by themselves there's always some like noise in the background. There's always, we're sitting in front of a TV or we're scrolling or we're doing those type of things. And if we're doing those things, we're never going to give our, you know, our brain and our, our, our God given 
um, what is it, insights and aha moments to come through if we don't take the time to sit down and be quiet and let those things come to us. So I think, and again, I mean, if, to be mentally well, we need to take those those the, the time out where we journal, where we think, where we not sitting in front of a computer or having anyone around us. It's just the, that time for myself, spending it on you know, my thinking, my ideas, my future. Yeah. So I think and that's also think, something to, to, to note. Right. And using our mind, using our, our mental capacity is also how we connect with God. And, and so just noticing that and understanding that his God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so to intentionally use your mind and ask, God to give us his thoughts and then allow some of those ideas to come after having invited in his input, I think is so powerful. But again, if if we're not aware of these things, we're just kind of waiting for a feeling spiritually or waiting for, you know, an emotion that feels warm and fuzzy. And then we think, oh, that must be a good thought. But really, I, th I think there's, like you said, there's this intentionality about using our, our mental capacity. And I think that is a big part of well-being and it won't necessarily always make us happy. I think sometimes mental awareness and well-being will also help us recognize pain and suffering that's happen happening around us. And some people are acutely aware of other people's pain and suffering. And they're not even seeking to feel happy all the time. They're more interested in being connected with their thoughts and being, you know, connected to their service to their fellow man. Yeah, I, I agree. What do you think it can mental wellness, how can that impact our lives in, in a positive way? How, how does that change our lives? I think it is the awareness that, that, offers us then the opportunity to accept what's happening, where we're at, how we feel. When when we're aware of our mental wellness, we can notice if there's a if there's a need for change, if if we are overthinking something, all of those sorts of things. It can, if once we're noticing what's happening for us in our mental state, we can then address it. And so often I just see people who just feel like they're out of control and they don't know why. And they just think everything is happening to them and they don't realize how much power they have just because of the fact that they have this amazing brain that needs somebody to come along and notice it and acknowledge it and then also to be able to differentiate between is this a fact is this a circumstance or is this me thinking something that is creating this pain or discomfort or fear in my life so I think it's it's key really yeah just to realize that you have a choice that you love that I always say life doesn't happen to us it happens for us and if we know that we are not like just a bystander. We don't necessarily have to sit and let life happen to us and then maybe respond to that. We have so much power in 
whatever happens to us, how we think about it and what we believe about it and what we make it mean, then we uh, our actions and the choices we make going forward is going to be so different than being in that place of, oh, this just happened to me. I don't have sort of any say what, what's going to happen moving forward. So just one last question. What is the go-to things that if you could give them things that they can do immediately that can help them if they are in a state where they feel what you've said today, I find that there's some part of me that that it resonates with and that I want to take this work further. Maybe just give us a couple of things that can help us that can maybe move the needle a little bit or a lot to help us get to that place where we have mental wellness. I think you are the one who suggested writing it down, a daily practice of setting aside a time where you go into a quieter state and allow those thoughts to move through your brain. Notice, you know, which ones are are panicky or which ones are are positive and uplifting. Just notice them all and let them be there. And not judging your thoughts is really, really important, I think, to accept that you are a human being who's going to have some of both. And that's okay. In fact, about 80% of our our brain's activity is to offer us negative thoughts and, or at least what we classify as negative thoughts, but they're just, they're just warning thoughts and they're just what if thoughts and just notice which ones are borrowing trouble from tomorrow and which ones are actually thoughts that create an emotion for you that will be helpful for you and a place where you actually want to be. So I think that practice alone of of being alone with your thoughts. And, you know, I, I'm going to say I used to, I would have thought that that was pretty new agey back in the day. And I just thought that that wasn't a good Christian practice. And I come across scripture that actually tells us to capture your thoughts and, and make them obedient to Christ. And I thought, this is a, this is a job for me to do this is a christian practice and that this is this is a part of of what is shaping the way i think throughout the day and how i feel and i think that is just one of the biggest meditations and helpful hints i could give to anybody that i would work with i just want to close off just maybe giving you a couple of things that i think how this work and really spending time on your your mental well-being how that can can impact your life and how I have seen that impact my life, that it has surely helped me improve my physical health. It has given me uh, more courage because I know myself, I know who I am and I'm secure in who I am. So if I fail, I don't make it mean that I should stop or I should quit. It's just some feedback and I keep moving forward. So I'm more resilient. I'm more courageous. I think if we are in a, in a, a mental place where we are have a mindset of I can do anything, I can overcome any obstacle, then I'm in a place where I, I take so much more action and I get moving. Whereas in the past, I used to let those thoughts stop me and I would procrastinate instead of of just noticing what is happening in my brain and then moving moving forward despite 
not feeling like it, for instance. I think it is, has also improved relationships because of the work that I've done on myself. And I notice what, what my thoughts are, what they create for me. I think that has, has opened me up to, to listen better, to be a better communicator. So if you feel this is, again, work that, you know, you feel it's it's something that might help you, you in a place where maybe you feel your mental wellness needs some special time and attention, then I think coaching is a, is a brilliant tool to, to get you started, to show you those tools, but also give you the awareness. So, it's, so Kerry, maybe is there some, some closing thoughts from your side? I think we've hit on a lot of really important aspects of mental wellness and of mental well-being. And no matter where we're at in our lives and what we're experiencing, I think it is always wise to be open to, to finding out what's going on inside your brain, because it's going to be the beginning of all of the other answers, probably to whatever situation you're in. And I would say, even when we're having a really amazing day, it's fun to stop and just think about what is it that I'm thinking right now that is creating this moment for me. There's always the circumstance, the thing that's happening outside of ourselves, but there's always then within our power to notice our thoughts and to direct our mind in a way that is helpful both for ourselves and for others. And so with that, I would say we hope you have an amazing week and we look forward to being with you again soon. Great. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of A Fold and Fabulous Over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.